All right, it is that time of the week again. Podcast time. We are Trading Success Academy, and we are the trading business panel consisting of myself, Greg Crow, Kirk Neal, and Alice Boyd. Kirk, a bit about yourself. How do you, how would you describe yourself in one sentence to someone who asked that ridiculous question to you? That's really hard, actually. How do you describe <laughs> That's not, yourself? Wait, the sentence has started. Sentence has started. <laughs> The sentence started. So that I describe myself as that's really hard. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Take that however you like. Yeah. <laughs> hard to get to know, hard to work with. Um, all that kind of stuff. Alice, one sentence. Go. Hmm. Outgoing and always curious to learn more. Oh, nice. Nice work. Why are you better than mine? Far well, superseded. <laughs> Hard man. Works <laughs> well under pressure. There we go. Works <laughs> well under pressure. Nice. Uh, I have my cup of tea with me and I'm excited to discuss this topic in here. We're going to spend today's session on scheduling. Now, for all trade business owners, this could be the number one elephant in the room, a huge problem, a huge conundrum. Seemingly no solutions at times. Every week presents its own difficulties. The schedule. Yeah. Right? How hard is it sometimes to manage? Kirk, you were a operations manager for years and years and years. How did you? Yeah. I mean, what's, what's, a, what's a, give me some things that come to mind when we talk schedule. So I think the, the big thing to acknowledge here is, that, is the vast amount of variables. Yeah, and it's it's somewhat unique to trade space businesses because like you could run a you could run a restaurant, yeah, um, and you know what time you open, you know roughly what time you close, and the same amount of staff are required to facilitate that. No matter how many people come through the door, hopefully you fill the restaurant. Yeah, so there's less variables around like what you need. In a trades business, it's like, hey, um, does the first job go to plan? Yes, no, you know, do, firstly, do, do our staff rock up and they're in the right mood to produce high quality, uh, highly efficient work? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Then does the first job go to plan? Maybe, maybe not. There's so many different uh, variables that fall into this. Do we have the right materials? Does the client love a chat? All these different things. And you're there trying to sit in the seat and go, I think we're going to get to you at this time of day. Really? That's a pure guess because there's that many things that can change that outcome when you go to schedule that, that, yeah, you know, it's, it's impossible to control that many variables. So many variables. Alice, when I tell first talking about scheduling, what, what do you think about? I think that that was interesting. Uh, what Kirk's just said kind of about, it, it almost comes to mind with me, things that come out of the blue, come out of the woodwork, things that you can't control. You mentioned there, Kirk, things are out of your control. Um, and that's something that I would say applies, of course, heavily to trade businesses, but any sort of business that you're running, because different things that come up during the day are going to affect you so much if, of course, your team isn't trained in a certain way to deal with that with these things that arise or maybe you don't even have a team when you're wearing so many different hats as a business owner and or a sole trader or whatever it might be um, when different things out of your control come into your day 
a lot of the time we just have to stop everything we're doing, then that just bumps everything back. So this uh, inability to control your priorities, I guess, because you don't have the systems in place or you don't have the team to support you or you don't have anything moving in a cohesive way really affects your schedule and it's just becomes a complete mess very easily. <laughs> yes, it can. Uh, but we're going to, the hope is here, right? The good news is we're going to give you some tips, tricks to manage and um, facilitate your schedule to the best of your ability. Given that uh, life does happen, staff do call you, quotes do come in last minute, interruptions do happen. So we're going to get into it. Want to run a uh, common sort of issues in and around the schedule. For those of you who don't know what a dynamic schedule is, Kirk, how would you explain that or uh, dynamic schedule the ability to shift and move and create pressure relief spaces yeah for the for the plumbers listening pressure relief valve yeah where things go wrong or things get tight there's deliberate space scheduled into your into your work program that allows for that to happen to keep the rest of the week on track if the first job of the week if you're bumper to bumper monday to friday and the first job goes wrong what happens to the rest of the week it's a domino effect. But if you have scheduled deliberate places within your week where you have this pressure relief valve, then yeah, maybe that first job going wrong on a Monday ruins Monday and half of Tuesday. But Tuesday afternoon, we have a pressure relief space where we catch back up and we're back on track. And Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is as per the schedule. Yeah, so that was... Great. He's better than your first response of describe yourself in one sentence. <laughs> I'm warming into this. I'm warming into this. Um, I just wanted to, uh, just in the intro there as well, I just wanted to add one more thing to the intro around the schedule and its direct correlation to overwhelm. I've never, I've never encountered someone that's experiencing a heap of overwhelm and they come to me and they go, man, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed, but my schedule is mint. I'm on it. Yeah. So like, if you're feeling that way, you know, maybe you haven't pinpointed some of the, the areas in, in the way you're managing yourself to, to really correct that behavior, but overwhelm is directly related to how well you manage the schedule and how, how you respond to that stimuli of things not going your way. And overwhelm directly related to a lot of stress on you, unneeded burnout, fatigue, tiredness the inability to work as per usual just from that sheer weight of the world on your shoulders uh, and i just want to jump back to the dynamic schedule a huge thing we see in and around the academy is we encourage a dynamic schedule and that doesn't change whether you got you know just you or 10 staff or 20 staff or whatever but my thought pattern is if you are unable to run a dynamic schedule in other words if you are unable to obtain space and time in your schedule for one operator or two operators or yourself then you may, it may just be an indication that you need to hire. It may be a huge indication you need to hire. If you are unable to find a gap in your schedule, um, then you're gone, right? You need to hire, whether that's admin or field stuff. I also want to confront the people that say, nah, man, I don't run a schedule, man. I don't need that. <laughs> a schedule shouldn't bind you. It will, in fact, release you. It will not mind. Look at that. Do you like that? The business yogi, Greg Crow, <laughs> dropping it. Uh, mate, dropping it all day, every day. Um, now, here we go. Confront your own personal schedule. How much admin do you really have? 
how much site work do you really have? We'll get into this uh, as we go through. We're going to do it three different ways. Personal in terms of work as schedule, a staff admin and field schedule, and a personal home life schedule. And uh, Kirk, I know you're passionate about this one. Book it in or it doesn't happen. That's right. That's like the overarching yeah. thing on the schedule, right? Yeah. How many times has someone said, hey, uh, yeah, when I find some time? When was the last time you walked around the corner and found a big pile of time? It doesn't happen. No one finds time. You just don't find that stuff lying around. So like you got to look for that opportunity. Like finding time isn't going to happen unless you make time. Yeah, making time can happen. Everyone's got the same amount of time every day, same amount of days in a week. Um, we're not going to be able to generate an extra day just to get things done, but we can reprioritize what we thought we were going to do in that space to get something done. Yeah, book it in, it doesn't happen. And uh, just before we move into your work situation and your work schedule, if your schedule is not currently working, then it's possibly wrong. That's all I'll say. So a lot of people set a schedule and they might stick to it for one day, one hour, three hours, two weeks, whatever. And then they, they can't actually maintain the standards that they've set for themselves, so they shut it off. Yeah. And that's just a clear indicator that your schedule is in fact wrong. You were trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. You were never able to do and achieve that in the first place. So just because you've done a first draft, don't shut off the second draft or fourth draft or sixth draft. It'll always be in this state of flux that will always be changing staff dependent, sick day dependent, admin sick day dependent, job dependent, quote dependent. There's a lot of moving parts, which we might call interruptions here. There's a lot of potential interruptions, a lot of moving parts that could affect your day-to-day. -day. But um, anything to add on the intro, guys, before we move into how to set your personal work schedule? Yeah, I think um, just, just to really dial in on what you were just saying there, like the you could have the most meticulously planned calendar in the world. If you don't execute what's in front of you, it's worthless. So if you've got a task that's booked from 10 to one and you rock up at that task at 11.15 and go through to 3.15, yeah, this, that whole schedule is useless to you. Yeah, so you need to create a schedule that's actually achievable. And that's probably the first failing that I see so often is like people try to bite off way more than they can chew in their schedule. And the second you start fudging those start and finish times on your schedule, your brain learns, hey, this is all right. It doesn't matter if we're a little bit late here. It doesn't, it's okay. We'll catch that up here. So, but if it was strict, yeah, and you look at like, we're actually conditioned to work to a schedule. Think of school. School is one big schedule. Bell rings, you're expected to be here. Bang. Bell rings for lunch, you're expected to go to lunch, come back here. Bang, bang. So, for a very early age, we're actually conditioned to work to a schedule. And then when we become adults, for some reason, those those great teachings and, and great principles that are drilled into us through many years of schooling start to leave us. And there's a reason why we do it at school. Mm -hmm. and, and as well, like, you know, you just said, actually sticking to it is obviously the difference because if you don't have that consistency, that hour that you've just lost there, ever, you know, this having not a um, strict sort of schedule with yourself, 
most people will think I'll catch up on it tomorrow. I'll catch on it the next day and the next day. And I can guarantee that all of a sudden by the end of the week, those five hours that you've lost could have been towards the things that we see so many business owners not do because they didn't make the time for it because it was never consistent. And that, that, that is the lead generation. That is the marketing. That is the, the things inside the office that actually make the difference out in the field. And those are the things that drop. So then all of a sudden you're on this, you know, the hamster wheel where you're never able to catch up. You're never able to gain that time back. And so the schedule doesn't work when that happens. Yeah. So I guess personal. You, you yeah, four hours, four hours of admin doesn't turn in. That doesn't magically turn into two hours just because you only set aside two hours to do it. <laughs> so yeah. good. Yeah. It's so it's good. still four it's- hours worth of admin and no one's going to do it for you. There's yeah. no one magic fairy coming behind and going, don't worry about that. I see you're running late. I'll pick all those pieces up. You've got to get real with yourself. The next session is on admin fairy. How would that be? <laughs> Someone that comes and just makes it happen. This is a really common situation. And this doesn't really change from my experience, whether you've got, whether you're by yourself, you've got four staff, five staff, 10 staff, 20 staff. It's always the same thing. Usually speaking, you go, let, let's just take a, someone with a couple of staff, that's four, five, six staff. You're on the tools a little bit, probably at that, and you're on the tools and you go, I'll get that quote done for Jimmy tonight. And then you go home, big down the tools, longer than expected, as per usual, because you've undercooked it, as per usual. You go home, you do bed, bath, dinner with the kids. Uh, your kid takes longer than expected to go um, down to sleep, as per usual. Right, but you factored in best case scenario all day. Then you sit yeah. in front of the computer from eight thirty till ten aimlessly, and then from eight thirty to nine, you, you just start. You know, maybe watching some surfing, maybe you're procrastinating, maybe you're staring blankly at the screen. You go, I'll start at nine. I start at nine. I start at nine. Nine oh one ticks over. I'll start at nine thirty. Nine thirty ticks over. I'm going to bed. I'm tired, and you live this whole big day with this expectation that you're going to work a 12, 14, 16 hour days, you tell your wife or your partner or your husband or whatever, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. No, you are disorganized and unproductive. You are, you are really working a standard eight hour day on site or in the office and you're coming home to paperwork, which is you staring at a screen and that's, <laughs> It. And then you think, I'll do it tomorrow night. So Tuesday night comes and the same thing happens. The job goes longer. The kids take longer to eat dinner or you got out, you forgot about something. And the same thing happens. And all of a sudden you've lived with this stress and overwhelm telling people you're working 12, 13, 14 hour days. When in fact, you're working six, seven, eight hour days. You're just really unproductive. So what kind of advice, guys, are we, are we giving to someone? I think you kind of nailed it, Kirk, before when you said, and then most people go, oh, I need an admin day to catch up, admin day to catch up. They've got 20 hours of admin stuff on Monday between seven and three. And then they're like, I didn't get anything done because you know, that overwhelm comes across you. I cannot physically, humanly do this. It's impossible. I go, um, there's a great, great quote around this that floats around and it's uh, busy is a choice. And that should hit you in the face. Yeah, because we all get the same amount of hours in the day. Yeah, what we do with them and how we how we actually do it, yeah, is a complete choice. Yeah, so if you're busy doing admin work at night, that's a choice you've made. That's a choice you made to say, hey, actually, I'm choosing to do this as opposed to hiring someone because I'm prioritizing, you know, the the security of being super busy, which is a social norm. Yeah, being busy is like a pissing contest these days. 
Yeah. It's like you, you yeah. rock up and go, ah, how you been? Oh, super busy, man. I'm super, I'm, you're super busy. I'm super busy. You got no idea what you're I'm important. talking about. IPhones too. When those important? But the real power move is to rock up and go. That's a real shame. I'm not busy. Yeah. Organized. I'm organized. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. I'm not busy. I'm organized. I choose not to be busy. You could do the same, but you're probably way too manic, just running around trying to deal with all the little things. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. You know, I've got a couple of points here on how to handle your sort of personal schedule in work. One, um, this is this is to preface all this, the office work doesn't go anywhere, no matter how many stuff you've got. It compounds. It's like compound interest in the worst way possible. <laughs> so if you miss 10 hours this week, if you've got 10 hours of admin a week then and you miss this week, then you've got 20 next week. If you miss that, 10 next week, you've got 30 the week after. It's like the worst thing ever if you're not organized. But my points here, I've got three points here with the personal schedule. Point one is non-negotiable. So what has to get done every single week in the, in the office, we're talking office here, like let's just talk personal work, office, whatever, site office, doesn't really matter. But what has to get done every week, what's, your, what's required of you every single week that is essential to business operation? Kirk, how do you determine that? How do I determine what's non-negotiable in my week? Do you write it out? Yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to write these out. You have to get these, you have to get some realistic time expectations in around there. Yeah, I don't, don't kid yourself and say you're going to do eight hours worth of client acquisitions on a Monday. That's not going to happen. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to do eight hours of anything on one particular day. Yeah. Most of you guys can't even sleep for eight hours a day. So, what makes you think you're going to do anything? like uh, it's a productive task for eight hours. Yeah. So you got to get real about how many hours you're going to put into each, each one of these tasks and identifying what a priority is, is really important. So firstly, we want to look at like, what is a front end funnel? Yeah. So what bringing in work? Yeah. The quoting, the tendering, the following up, all of that sort of stuff. You'll notice that that's the first thing that goes when people get manic and busy and then they hit that dip. Yeah, it's so predictable. Everyone knows about it. Everyone's experienced that and it still happens. It's just a lack of discipline around the front end funnel. Secondly, yeah, you've got to preserve- pathway, Critical pathway, the front end funnel, what you're talking about, you know, essentially it's leads come in, leads get converted to work, work gets converted to staff, staff get converted to freedom. But a lot of times people neglect what brought them work in the first place because they're busy yeah. performing the work that's actually costing them the work because they're not putting the time in to that's convert front. the work front and funnel yeah yeah so front and funnel uh, would be a would be the uh, for me key front number one priority is it benefiting my front and funnel uh, second is the lifeblood of your business which is your cash position is this helping create a positive cash situation for me yeah this is your invoicing guys no point doing all your work out there and not invoicing because the second you run out of money, your life's going to get real hard, real fast. Yeah. So if you protect the front end funnel and cash flow, you're going to be doing really well. And the third component here is what does the client notice? Yeah. So for, for me, it's like, what are those things that I do that actually impact, you know, our, the people that we service? What does a client actually appreciate? Like if I was to sit, if I was to spend extra time doing a particular thing that no one would notice or miss, 
Yeah, would the client miss this? When you're in a really busy state, you know, sometimes you might look at like, hey, maybe I am doing a whole heap of things that aren't getting noticed or aren't making the difference. So let's spend our time focusing on the things that actually make a difference and less on the stuff that we do to make ourselves busy. It's so funny, you know, you can have the best systems in the world, the best job management system, the best pre-builds, the best looking quote, but if you got no work. You still got gone. no work. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're gone. Uh, yeah, I love that. The critical pathway of, of that front end funnel versus the cash flow. And also with the cash flow, I see a lot of people with cash flow issues. Oh, my cash flow is an issue. I'm sure you might have said that before if you're listening on. I'm like, I've got my cash flow is poor. My cash flow is this. My cash flow. I would suggest potentially the cash isn't there to flow in the first place. If cash flow is a consistently a consistent struggle and you're getting your invoices out on time, which make no mistake, they need to go out on time because no one remembers where they were on January 5 and no one remembers how long you're on site for on January 5 and you don't remember that and the client doesn't remember that. So if you want issues, get your invoices in late. That's for sure. But uh, you've got to basically, um, the cash has to be there to start with and the money is made or lost in the office. The office is where you set your hourly rate. The office is where you set the schedule. And the schedule is really important for small jobs, right? Picture, we've all been there before. You work seven till two and then travel cross city in peak hour and school drop-off time to fix that job because, uh, oh yeah, the guys made a mistake over there or the girls made a mistake here. Oh yeah, I booked that person in and forgot about them. (laughs) So now I've got to travel in my own time to leave the project early, put the tools down and then get across there. That's inefficient work. And that inefficiency will cost you a lot and a lot of money. So personal work schedule, uh, what's non-negotiable every single week? What's important? Kirk just said what's important then. Uh, point number two is, you go. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, guys, this should be pretty straightforward and easy for you to put a time value against these. How many hours per week do you need to nurture your front-end funnel? Talking quoting. Yeah, following up quotes, doing lead gen client acquisitions you should have an hour component to that not one hour but you should have a component in hours to handling that yeah and then lifeblood of the business cash flow how long is it going to take us to invoice chase overdues get the get the cash in the bank yeah maybe there's a bit of uh accounting in there as well reconciling accounts and things like that get real on the time component that you're going to need per week to be able to manage that and once you put those two our components there, you'll realize that they're the the two main drivers and it's not going to take up 40 hours a week. And can I just add on something there, Kirk? Um, If it is taking up too many hours of your week, once you have identified how long each of these non-negotiables should take, if they are taking you a lot longer, can I just say that's you identifying that that's one of your weaknesses and it's really important for you to now learn to improve that. Um, Of course, you know, at the Academy, we are a business training school, essentially. We are here to help you to learn these new tasks to say, improve your efficiency on site or improve your efficiency in in the office so that you can actually realize it's not, you know, I've put this schedule in place. I'm not able to actually stick to it because I don't have the skills and I don't have the training in a certain area. So that's where I need to focus on. I need to get better at that 
so that my schedule can flow better? 100%. So look, work out what's non-negotiable that you've got to deal with, right? Work out if there's enough time for that. In other words, does the time required? So you work out what's non-negotiable, invoicing, quoting, follow-ups, marketing, compliance certificates, reconciling, scheduling, site work, all that kind of stuff. Now put an hour value next to that. That's what you do. And now have you allocated, let's say it's 20 hours. Is there 20 hours in your week that reflects that? Or not in, in, in your schedule that reflects that or not? And that might just be a clear sign that you can't do everything. Point number three, nominate the best person. Are you the best person for this? And we're going to get into staff in a sec. Well, just, just give me a sec. I just want to jump back on this for a sec. Um, okay, what was my second point there? Time required versus time allocated. Now, there's a really good sort of formula here. And if you're a service and maintenance, generally speaking, one admin can handle three or four field staff, right? So if you're what we call black bolter, if you are just by yourself on the tools and somehow you magically got 20 hours of office work a week, that's wrong, right? 40 hours of, of site work will generally be around four to six hours of office work. So you've really good to match that site versus field up. On a project sense, one admin 40 hours a week can probably handle eight, 10, 12 staff members, field members, right? But if you sometimes you look at it from the top down and go, how are two tradesmen apprentice teams, so four, two 40-hour teams, just 80 hours, how is that producing full-time work for one admin and myself full-time? I would say something is wrong in your processes and something needs to change. Because so often we just like to tell ourselves, I'm busy in the office, I've got office, I've got office stuff. And it's like, well, maybe you're lying to yourself. <laughs> maybe you're just unproductive or you don't have a job management system and that's affecting you. You don't have a task management system or there's some kind of disconnect between what needs to get done and if it's actually getting done. So really got to punch those numbers out. How much office staff is needed in your business versus how much field staff is doing it. So how many billable versus non-billable probably is essentially the right thing to do. And um, let us know where you land. I'd love to hear where you landed. But the third point is here, nominate the best person. And this is where we're moving across here into staff, admin and field. Right. There's going to come a time of your business where you can't handle everything. And there's so many ceilings in your business. You'll hit one when you're just trying to do everything on the tools. You'll hit one when you're trying to do everything in the office and you need an office manager to come on board. You'll hit one when you're part on tools, part off tools. Your office manager will hit one one time when you and him or her can't keep up. Your admins will hit one where they're like, I can't be doing 60 hours in a 40-hour week. We, something's got to give. We need to add someone on board. So how important, Alice... Is it to set a schedule? Because so many people just get staff in, admin or field. That's just the same thing. There's staff, billable or non-billable. Yeah, different. But so many people just get them in and think they're going to relieve pressure straight away. How important is it to work with them and set a schedule for them? So they're not just aimlessly, you know, blowing into the wind, but they are actually able to perform tasks in a time that's allocated for them. Absolutely. Um, giving staff a really set guideline as to how long they should be taking to do a certain task is so vital. If you give someone three hours to do a task, they'll take three hours. They might take three hours and 15 minutes even. If you give them one hour and a half to do the same task, they will do it. Of course, there needs to be a lot of training involved, which by the way, you need to, when you have 
uh, new staff, you need to include in your schedule training time or you need to take that sort of thing into account. People have different skill levels. Um, you might be bringing on an apprentice. Of course, that requires different amounts of attention and work. Um, yeah, you've just written onboarding. Uh, Chloe, that's so important to remember. Schedules need to be a little bit flexible because schedules change. Okay, so all of these things need to be taken into account. Um, but I think understanding workloads and understanding what is involved in achieving certain uh, certain kinds of work is so important because otherwise, again, you're going to cook the schedule and you're not going to allow enough time or too much time for your staff to perform. Kirk, I'm just watching you uh, pace back and forth like a boxer in the corner, ready like round two, round three, round 12, ready to go. <laughs> I know you're passionate about this. Talk to me. Uh, so people get this wrong heaps. Yeah, they get it so wrong. So um, when they're scheduling staff, they look, oh yeah, the more I can get out of my staff, the more I cram into the schedule, more money we're going to make, the better the business is going to be. The less I have to do, the more relaxed I'm going to be if I can just cram more into them. But imagine this is tightening the screws, yeah, tightening the screws. And what we look at is, especially in trades-based businesses, guys, when you're under time pressure, you dramatically increase the risk of some of the most costly non-billables creeping into your, into your job, yeah, which are callbacks. Non-billable, yeah? Errors impacting service level. So imagine when you're rushing, you start to make errors. Yeah, Let's When you're rushing. Just, just a sec, just stop you on the non-billable so we can get, get a concept here, right? Two hours of non-billable for a trade apprentice team a week is pretty common, you, you would say. You know, two hours of like, oh, I've got to go back and God forbid, put that roof tile back on. <laughs> Don't go there. I've got to do it. Go and do that. Got to do this. Got to test that. I didn't test that properly. The non-billable component, let's add it up. Trade apprentice team, let's conservatively call that $150, right? $150 um, times what? $52. let us just go into here. This is a non-billable. Hold on a second. Component. I think that, that pricing's way out, Chloe. So two, um, $200. I know where you're going here, but let's 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 work let's work out like what it costs us. Okay, so firstly, the non-billable time, yeah, is what we're looking for here is is as a result of a mistake, an error, they've left a tool behind or something like that. Yeah, this is an unrequired trip back to site. So all of the travel time to that site, non-billable. All of the time they're rectifying, non-billable. All the travel time to the next site, non-billable. All of that time we could have been on a job billable. Yeah, so what looks like on paper, two hours, is actually four hours worth of billable time. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's not- It's a huge turnaround. Yeah. It's a huge, on, it's a huge issue. On, not only, that doesn't even start to touch on the negative impact to your like reputation, your ability to generate reviews, referrals, and things like that, and your overall customer outcome. So this stuff is critical. Yeah, so just to do some figures on a loose kind of thing, we're looking at sort of 30 grand a year for one trades and apprentice team lost. It's 15 times two, right? It's actually crazy. I mean, most people, if you've got three teams, they could have produced an extra 50 grand in revenue just because they didn't make a mistake, right? If you're talking huge money, if I added 
30, 40, 50 grand to your revenue across, uh, or not, it's not revenue actually, it's coming straight into your bottom line, isn't it really? Because you've already paid for everything already. It's coming straight into your profit. But if we added 10, 20, 30, 40 grand to your profit last year, you are probably, what you were now kind of maybe not happy with, now you're happy. What happened? We just um, eliminated a non-billable component that didn't have to be there. And if you think about stress and pressure, the kind of mistakes you make under stress and pressure, how do you feel when your staff members, you call them going, are you at Susie's house yet? Susie needs us to be there. Are you here? And you just overbooked them and overcooked them. And we understand here that stress and pressure make good people do average things. Yeah. Stress, stress and pressure make average people do really bad things. Really bad horrible stuff, things, yeah. Disastrous <laughs> things. When you're when you're under time pressure and you rush, are you creating the most optimal connection with your client? I can guarantee you not. Yeah, and without optimal connection with your client, it limits the ability to get upsells and value. It's a BS double C. It's it's a it's trash cash. (laughs) And you turn up with all your tools trying to smash it out, and you go, hey, do the job and walk out. BSCC, boom smash, boom smash, crash, give us the cash. No connection, no call, no job again, no referral, yeah. no word of mouth, no That's... review. So by tightening Go. the screws, you increase the likelihood of errors and mistakes being made, which is a massive, is the largest non-billable component for your staff. Yeah. Um, by increasing that, you also reduce the ability to create additional billables by minimizing those upsells. So tightening the screws, squeezing more into the, into your staff's day produces a far less outcome. This is counterproductive, I know, but to get better efficiency in your schedule and better success with your staff, you actually release the screws. Schedule less, allow them the time to connect with the client, not make mistakes. Smooth is fast, fast is smooth. I just wrote down here, ego. It's so often to see, I'm not talking about magnum ego, which is a good thing. And oh, we'll that is talk good. about that. <laughs> it's a good thing. We'll talk about that another day. But ego on this, you know, when you see that disgruntled business owner turn up to site and they're like, what's it take us all? This should have taken me back in my day. I'll do this in two hours. You know, this is two hours, right? Why is it being talked about then? And so often we can project our unachievable timeframes onto our staff members. This is a three-hour job. So it's really important the staff has, they have KPIs to hit. For efficiency, billable versus non-billable hours. So you're expected to get every single hour billable. And and do your staff, do your staff, are you sitting with them for how long things are going to take? If it's an admin yeah. staff, hey, yeah, I've, here's a day's worth of work for you. On a day's worth of work in admin, maybe that's a six-hour day. By the time they answer the phone, get back to people, respond to the real estate's emails, respond to other people's emails. It's interruptions. Are you factoring the interruptions with the schedule, or are you just booking them out for eight hours straight? Same with you on your schedule. Are you factoring in that? You know, some people get annoyed that the staff are going to call or annoyed that clients are going to call. That's actually a good thing. The fact that the um, the fact that the staff are calling, that's not necessarily a good thing. Maybe they haven't been given the skill set or the workflow required to do their job without you. So maybe you're a dictator. <laughs> Pretty confronting. <laughs> maybe you were unable to release it because of ego or something and no one does it like me because I'm the best tradesman that's ever lived in the whole world. But admin as well, like Matt, you've got to reflect that, hey, interruptions happen, life's happen. 
life happens, clients call, that's a good thing. Don't neglect that top of funnel stuff. If the admin's busy sending, doing stuff, invoices, whatever, what, have, they, have you allowed time in their schedule for new clients to call, for them to touch base with, um, with the staff if they need to? All the stuff that just comes up unforeseen, it's got to be scheduled in there somewhere. Can I just add on that as well, Chloe? Like speaking of ego, um, I think it's really important to recognize that, you know, as the business owner, it's time to take some responsibility rather than taking on every single, um, you know, thing that goes wrong in your business and attacking it back at the staff and um, not being happy with their efficiency or their performance. Take some responsibility. This is your business. Have you trained them well to be able to perform? to a really high level um are your workflows slowing down because of them or is it does it really come back to you um and yeah that can be a little bit confronting but maybe it's time to put the ego aside a little bit and realize have i created a workplace which allows people to succeed or am i micromanaging to the point where people can barely breathe and catch a break um what sort of environment have i you having lunch <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just interrupting you, trying to be micromanager, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but it's true, you know? I mean, um, the, the pressure that comes from micromanaging, the pressure that comes from, like you said, you know, I'm the greatest tradesperson that ever lived. Like, are you or can someone actually in your team come up with a really great idea and you haven't even allowed them to bring that to the table because there's no space for it? They're that high strung. They're that under pressure to uh meet your insane deadlines whatever it might be you know take some responsibility there this is your business and if your staff aren't performing and able to tie into this crazy schedule that maybe you've cooked not them maybe have a think about that it's much think- easier to blame them alice isn't it it's so yes. much easier to blame <laughs> <laughs> guys a lot, a lot of this stems from a pricing issue yeah, you guys yeah, aren't probably yes. thinking that, but if you're allowing a certain amount of time to complete a task, you've got a price point at- attached to that. Yeah, so if it takes you 60 minutes to do it, but your team takes 75, you're going to be eternally disappointed and the pressure is going to come from, hey, we're not making enough money on this job. But if you allow 75 minutes for the guys to do it and they take 75 minutes to do it and everything's priced correctly, yeah. that takes away all of the all of the issues, yeah? Not only are you allowing enough time for them to do it, but you're charging appropriately for it as well. So Kurt, just on that, uh, let's, let's just take an uh, example. I've got 10 staff. Some staff are bad. I'm going to call them not so good. Right? <laughs> let's say not so good, average and great. And I've got a, a task that would take the great people 60 minutes and the not so good people 120 minutes. Where yep. do you set your SLPS, your price per point? Do you set it at the worst person, at the at a mid-range? What do you do? Well, you, I, I would be leaning towards the worst person. Yeah. Um, now, if we can upskill the worst person and bring them into a more com, uh, more economical time component, then that's that's a benefit to our clientele. But realistically, we're here to, we're here to run a business. We're here to make money. So if we have to send our worst guy, we can't be losing. Yeah, we either have to be upskilling that person to a point where they can complete it in the required time that allows us to remain competitive or we price off that point and we don't invest the time in training. And when the yeah. good guys do it, we make more. Well, that's exactly right. If you're good at your job, you should be rewarded for it. 
if I can do it in two hours, someone else can do it in six hours, that's not my fault. Uh, I, once again, just cementing myself as a really good tradesman. That's <laughs> why so I use myself as an example, but it's really common. That's, a, that's and I an wanna... example that came up actually in Incubator. Sorry, Crow. I just yeah, held it go. over the top. Um, Incubator last week when we were talking about, we were doing some costings uh, and some discussion around cost of operations. And yeah, that exact thing came up. It's like, where, where in society is this repeated? Where the better you are at your job, the less money you make. And on an hourly rate model, you know, a lot of traders still use, yeah. Um, on an hourly rate model, that's the exact scenario. The better you are, the less money you make. So ask yourself, like, where does that exist elsewhere in the world? And, and this is why hourly rates so incomparable, isn't it? Because if I'm two hundred dollars now, and Kirk, you're a hundred dollars now, but I'm twice as good. Once again, using myself as the good analogy and not the bad analogy. <laughs> but and you and it takes me four hours and you eight hours because I'm twice as good. That's still eight hundred dollars. Same labor cost, different hourly rates. But how do you how do you compete with someone on an hourly rate when the product or the person is completely different? It's a really hard, uh, hard thing to do. You said something before, Kirk, about um, you know that that boss being having time frames that are unachievable. And I want to encourage the boss, or just bring to light all the bosses out there. And chances are, if you're listening to this, you are a boss because you come here you're to a be boss. a better boss and, and and to run a better company and to scale and automate and grow your business. That's what we're here for, but. How are you being perceived by your staff members? Because so many bosses go, I'm doing a good job. I look after, I, I, I pay them on time. And that's important. But so many of them are just walking through site going, I need, there's not much money in this job. I need you to just smash this job out. And then the next job, hey guys, I've, I've unquoted, un- un- misquoted this. We need to go faster. We need to go faster. We need to go faster. And that's really difficult. This person's really difficult to work for. That always underquoting, always disorganized, always time pressure, always um, shifting the responsibility. Hey, I've made a mistake in the office. Now it's your fault on site. And the money's made a loss in the office and the time's a set or lost in the office. And if you're cooking the office stuff, then we can project like my technicians aren't fast enough, but the problem was before that. Yeah, price was wrong. Price is wrong, right? You're projecting on there. Anything to add on the admin and field stuff or jump into the personal schedule? Just quickly on that, um, again, it's really important to highlight that all of these things and the way that you are um, dealing with your staff and how much time you're allowing them and, yeah, have you underpriced it or how, whatever it might be, um, the cost of losing staff right now and in general. I mean, oh, right yeah. Like where you're going with this. Let's let's not uh, let's not you know ignore the big thing which is going on right now, and that is a hiring crisis, which is Are not talking about the endangered yet. species because I haven't seen any out there. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so if you are not doing this properly, if you are not pricing jobs properly, if you're putting all that extra um, pressure on your staff, the the bad culture that is going to in your business very quickly very very quickly um is you're going to lose what could be a really great team because of your mistakes and no one can afford to do that right now 
the, the cost of hiring at the moment and the cost on your business when you lose a good staff member because you've made the mistakes at the front end, you can't be taking those risks right now or ever moving forward. To still, I mean, I'm still shocked, Kirk, we've been talking for this long and I haven't heard not one sporting analogy. So I'm going to step in here and use a sporting analogy. Take, I take great um, inspiration from sporting teams, right? The ones that can, an average player comes in and they make them good or great, or a great player comes and they make them excellent. That's what your, your company's not doing that, not able to make average, perp, average people great and great people excellent, then there's a problem with the process and the system and structure. And maybe that's stemming from you confronting stuff that we're not here to pat you on the back. We're here to grow your business. All right, personal schedule. Kirk. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I know you're passionate um, about this one. Yeah, this is like, again, it goes like we're conditioned from a young age. Yeah, what happens at school? Yeah, we finish school and the schedule stops. There's no real schedule after that. Yeah, unless your parents were super strict, they made you go to bed at a particular time. That's about that's about when the schedule kicks back in. But there's a reason for a schedule. Why do we run a why do we run a schedule for our workday? Why do we have a plan? It's because we get more done. Yeah, we achieve more. Without that, do you think you guys would achieve more or less? without a schedule for your workday. Yeah? So for the guys looking to get more out of themselves, more out of their life, doesn't it make sense to carry a schedule beyond 4 p.m.? Yeah, schedule those things that bring you joy, that, that you want to do outside of work and, and get really strict on those timings so they actually get done. And we see it all the time with, with business owners when they, you know, they start a business and they start to make, there's a lot of sacrifices you make as a business owner. Yeah, and you start to trade some of those things that you used to do for fun, and then work gets busier and busier and busier. And you see, tr you you trade more and more of those away, when really you don't have to. You just have to manage your time better. Yeah, I love the I love the Apple app update when it gives you your screen time at the end of the week. Yeah, if that's not confronting, I don't know what is. Yeah, like what did you do with that time that you were on your screen for? What, yeah, what have you could, done with that time? What could you have done? <laughs> yeah. 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 So wow. if, you've, if you've got like an average of three to four hours worth of screen time on your phone a day, and yet the admin component of your business is building and building and building and it's not getting done. You know, this is a, this is a discipline issue. This isn't business is too busy or my life's too, too busy. I can't fit everything in. This is a, this is a discipline thing. And unfortunately, like, Again, once school finishes, there's no, there's no one there to help with discipline. Yeah, as a 19 year old kid, is your mom going to tell you what to do anymore? Yeah, probably no not. way, man. No, no way. way. <laughs> as a as a business owner, who's going to tell you what to do? There's no boss. Yeah, you have no accountability, so discipline starts to erode. Yeah, and the only way you can really cultivate that is to get a really strict schedule and work on discipline yourself. As you, hopefully, some people are sitting there listening to this, going, "Actually, that's right. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a schedule problem. I have a discipline issue. If I can work on my discipline about executing my schedule, I can write a great schedule. I just can't execute one. 
Yeah. So maybe it's about discipline yeah, and really getting to the weaknesses that you carry yourself and how do you improve those? Because the more disciplined you become, the better you will turn up in all aspects of life. Yeah, huge. Alice, you said something before about prioritizing. Yeah. I think that it's so important here to prioritize uh, what actually means something to you in your life, in your personal home life. Um, If you're not able to think, you know, before the week starts, how many hours do I want to spend with my family? And And I mean, proper family time. Okay. Yeah. Not scrolling through Instagram and getting all that screen time up, but not having any quality time with my family. Um, Is something like staying active and healthy, is that something that's a priority to me? Which, by the way, it probably should be, of course. Like um, all of these things are proven to, you know, improve our lives, make us happier, and then you're going to perform better at work anyway. So prioritizing some time to yourself, some time with your family, some time with your friends, work on yourself, your health and your fitness, and maybe some hobbies and interests that you actually feel passionate about and they drive you forward, they're going to create a much bigger sense of happiness than being busy for the sake of being busy and saying, I'm too busy. I don't have time to go to the gym. I can tell you right now, everyone has time to go to the gym or to go for a run or to go kick a fo- kick the footy with your kid. Everyone has time to do that. And I know, I know it's hard. We've all been there. Okay, every single one of a, every single business owner has been there, but people still make time. And the why the reason they do that is because they sit down and they think, what is my priority with my personal life? What actually means something? And I have to schedule it in. I have to just do it. Okay, there's no more excuses. You have to do it. And yeah, have baby steps. Okay, because some weeks things will blow out. Um, we all, and that's part of business ownership as well. If one week, yeah, you know what, something happened and you do end up invoicing at eleven p.m that happens okay let's be realistic but if that's happening every week and you're not spending any time with your family and friends you're not going on that run that you promised yourself you were going to go on there's a problem there's a problem with your schedule and you're not prioritizing yeah huge one there book it in and even um just kirk i think you said this earlier but allowing what how long it actually takes so, so let's say, for instance, on my personal schedule, for me, it would be putting my, helping my four-year-old son go to bed, right? He wants someone to lie with him. That's cool. I get it. That's just where he's at at the moment. But if I think that's going to take half an hour and every night is taking an hour and 20 minutes, it's not his fault that I book it into a half-hour time slot, right? You've got to book it in for how long it goes for. <laughs> and then you're not upset that's the interruption part of the day so what i'm trying to say is you know where and how and why you get interrupted every single day so why aren't those interruptions built into your day there has to be space in there somewhere and if you are too busy to exercise and you're too busy to kick a football with your child and you're too busy to go out for dinner with your wife you are too busy you are just simply too busy and it could just be a sure sign that you do need to hire. Book it in or it doesn't happen with the personal home schedule. It's really important you are thriving in that. We've got so many stories across the academy of our peak performer guys that they made the time to go and play football or soccer or whatever you call football. And then they're meeting people there and they're getting work from there and they're getting staff members from that. Why? Because they're in 
and involved around their community. And that's really important for you to do for your sanity. Yeah, of course, but also to meet people, meet new people and uh, that kind of stuff. Kirk, anything to add on personal schedule before we bring it home? Well, I just think like, um, yeah, get, get used to get disciplined in scheduling beyond the work hours. We're, we're really conditioned to eight till four or whatever, whatever you might do at work. Yeah. Uh, get outside of that. You know, what do you do on Wednesday mornings before work? Yeah, if it's get up and get the kids ready for school and have breakfast and things like that, you know, work out a realistic time, like Craig was saying. Like, when does that actually get you completed, that task? And is, that, is there more room in that space? Could you do something for yourself? Could you go do yoga, meditate, whatever that might be, uh, to set yourself up for a great day? Huge. Uh, all right, I'm going to land this plane with some tips. Do you want some right? plane sound effects? <laughs> Captain and crew prepare for landing. Let's <laughs> how I take Jasper to breakfast in the morning with a plane with a lot of turbulence. All right, here's my <laughs> tips, right? I'd love to hear, Kirk, Alice, if you've got some tips. Check emails and socials on one device. If you're just busy on your phone all the time, just move whatever you're waiting time to on your phone to your computer. Check emails on your computer and have that organized part of the day between nine and 10 where I check my emails and between 11 and 11, 15 is when I go on social media, right? That's just, you got to be disciplined. Book it in, it doesn't happen. I've said that before. I love this one. If it can be done in three minutes, just do it. Yeah. Love that. Just do it. Stop talking about it. Do you really need to be actually doing this? That's a big question. In other words, can't someone else do it? As they say in The Simpsons, can you employ an admin person to do that? Can you employ a site person to do that for you? Uh, does the time allocated match the time needed? In other words, are you trying to fit a square peg in a round hole every day of the week? Because that's going to cause you a lot of unneeded stress. And this is my kind of thing at the end. Allow space, right? You've got to be kind to yourself. There has to be space in a schedule for interruptions, gaps between meetings, allowance to, to go to site. And you're not just going site, 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 quote, 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 quote. No, you go quote. And there's space there to quote it on site. And then you go to the next job and there's space there to quote it on site. Yeah, instead of getting to eight sites to quote, you've got to six, but all those six quotes are now delivered. It's a much better product. And kind of how we started this was if you're not using your schedule at the moment, chances are your schedule is wrong or your schedule is not enabling you to, it's not enabling what you actually need. So do the schedule to the best of your ability, test the schedule, then retest it, then retest it. It'll always be in a state of flux. Your admin stuff, your admin hours will be different whether you've got one staff or 20 staff. Your site work will be different if you've got one staff or 20 staff. Even trade to trade, job to job, there's different time allocations needed at each individual job. Maybe one requires a lot of site management and that's your responsibility to hand over it. Maybe you've got a new staff member in the month of April. And then that you need to spend time with that staff and the field or admin to nurture them through the processes of your company, right? So test it, retest it and retest it. Kirk and Alice, I'd love to hear your final wrap ups in this. I, my piece of advice here would be to take a minute and zoom out, have a look at what is actually going on with your schedule and why there are so many uh, interruptions or problems there. Um, zoom out a little bit and think, is the efficiency coming from myself? Is the efficiency coming from my team haven't been trained in a certain way? 
Are my cash flow problems? Yeah, because I'm not charging enough. Whatever it might be, take a step back for a minute, zoom out and figure out what the problem actually is so that then you can address it because we have plenty of resources here at the, the academy. We've got coaches with all different skill sets. People can be guided through this sort of thing and, and taught how to improve their efficiency, improve their schedule, get better at all of these things, but zoom out and actually recognize what is really going on and, and confront that. Love that. Awesome Good. stuff. Uh, I've, got a couple of, I've got two points to round out. Um, you need to start working to time, not to task. Oh, Don't sit down oh, and say, I'm oh, going to do all the quotes. Yeah, because how do you estimate that? Yeah, you don't. Okay, so you got to say, sit down and go, hey, in the next two hours, I'm going to do as many quotes as I can. Okay. Um, and now if there's still more quotes to do, then what do we do? We look, come back and we reset that time estimation into the future. So next time I'm going to schedule this for a bit longer because I didn't have enough time to get through all the quotes. So next week I'm going to allow two and a half, three hours to do those quotes, whatever it might be. Don't wait a week to do quotes. That was a bad example. Um, and the next thing is a discipline jar. Like create some form of accountability around you actually executing your schedule. Because if you have the best calendar schedule in the world and you don't actually hit those times, who knows? Only you. Yeah. So either bring in an accountability buddy, yeah, which is, you know, a little bit hard because there's things on the schedule there that not everyone needs to know that you need to do. So my suggestion, yeah, is a discipline jar. You know, Crow is drawing it right there. That's the jar. And- <laughs> I could put a dollar sign on it. Was that too soon, yeah. the dollar sign? No, that was great. You knew, you knew where I was going. Yeah. And for every time you miss a timing, start or finish time, we're going to whack $5 in that, in that discipline jar. Yeah. What that's going to do is it's going to create a negative consequence with you in the moment around, I didn't allow enough time. This is my fault. Yeah, I, the schedule's not right. I'm going to put $5 in the discipline jar. I was not disciplined enough to execute my schedule. Either I didn't allow enough time or I didn't prioritize that task highly enough to actually execute it. And then Love over that. a period of time, you will get very well accustomed to making sure you start hitting those times. And discipline is a habit that is built over time. And just to encourage everyone, discipline jar is not for your coffees. It's got to go somewhere that isn't to you. You're not rewarded yeah. for failing around here. Char- charitable donation at the end of the month. Yeah. Charitable donation. Absolutely. Love that. So that's been the session on scheduling. There's plenty more to work with on all aspects of business throughout our platform. We'd love to get to know you guys more. Sign up to Mastermind. Uh, I think there's a free 30-day trial. You're currently in Mastermind. Sign up to Incubator. Great 12-week crash course in business. And we're helping and facilitating people grow and scale and automate their businesses through peak performance. That's our top-tier program. And we'd love just to get to know. We'd love you to reach out. We'd love you to comment on something, like any kind of page, leave us a review, send something Ask to us me personally, send me some chocolate, do something. <laughs> Don't send me chocolate, but send Coke some chocolate, right? Good. Thanks for catching up. Thanks for hanging out. I am Greg. That is Kirk and Alice. And we are so stoked you guys joined us. Just stay tuned for the next episode. Be on here soon. Peace, guys. Thanks. See you later. See ya. 
So if you're loving the podcast, please share with your friends, anyone that's thinking about starting a tradie business or got a large tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to million dollar plus months. We'd love to help you too. And lastly, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review on the player that you're listening to this on. It helps us get out there and help more tradies in business perform better and create better lives for themselves. 